1: Welcome back to the Unbelievable Podcast. I am BJ Ardell, back here with my guy, Drew Mahold. And today, we have another Kirk Cousins-centric episode of the podcast. Um, we don't love talking about only Kirk Cousins. Uh, I think we've made that clear the last episode. But since we last talked to you, it's been the quarterback market and the quarterback market alone. And it's been on absolute fire across the entire NFL. Um, as recently as today's recording, Carson Wentz has been moved to the Washington Commanders. We haven't talked about that name change either, by the way. Right. Uh, We also have a couple of big moves as well with Aaron Rodgers returning to the Green Bay Packers. Russell Wilson going to be a Denver Bronco. uh, As far as I'm concerned, I believe he's going to pass that physical and he's going to approve that trade. So a lot of things going on across the NFL with the quarterback market and with things slimming and changing. Well, Unfortunately, we have to talk about Kirk Cousins' viability within that market and what the Vikings could potentially do to reset this team. So we'll touch that on that a little bit here. And then the other big move here, uh, this was crazy. Uh, Eric Sugarman, the head trainer for the Minnesota Vikings, who's been with the organization for 16 years, is no longer with the Minnesota Vikings. Just huge change one of the longest standing employees of the team he's been replaced by tyler williams so we'll talk a little bit about that obviously i'm not a doctor i'm not going to pretend to be a doctor (laughs) so we're not going to talk so so much about you know the injury and the influence that they can have but there has been some interesting trends here that i'm sure that a lot of you have already seen and made connections with but uh, the big one being that the rams have been one of the healthiest teams in football over the last five years and of course um you know kevin o'connell brings over his guy uh, to hopefully bring the same thing to the Minnesota Vikings. So, we'll talk about those two things and see what else comes up. Uh, before we get started here, we do have a sponsor today. This has been a first time, you know, in a long time uh, that I've got had the opportunity to mention a sponsor for one of our shows, um, Lake Monster Brewing. Uh, the guys that Climbing in the pocket made a uh, deal with them recently. So they are our official sponsor and there's uh, some good stuff coming forward here. I, I don't have a script to read off, so you don't have to listen to me do that today, but I do want to mention that uh, the climbing the pocket will have a live draft show sponsored by Lake monster. That's on April 29th from five 30 to 10 PM um, should be pretty awesome and guys at the team. Um, you know, will all be doing their thing out there and, you know, there'll be kind of unique coverage as well as some, You know, interesting beers um, should be a good time. And, of course, some giveaways, as with every single one of these sponsorship ads that you listen to on every show that you listen to. So Lake Monster Brewing, make sure to check them out. Uh, It's amazing stuff. And make sure to keep that bookmarked on your calendar. The the Climbing the Pocket Live Lake Monster Brewing draft show, 530 p.m. to 10 p.m. on April 29th. All right, let's get into the meat of the show here. Um, Let's start with Sugarman to Williams and then we'll get into the kind of the other stuff. Sure. Um, after that. Um, so I, I think I, I think I already summed it up pretty well that, you know, Eric Sugarman been with the Vikings basically since I've been a fan. Uh, it, yeah. it certainly feels that way since I was literally 14 years old, Eric Sh- Sugarman has been part of this organization. Um, so that in itself was kind of an interesting blow that, that he wasn't going to be retained by this new regime. Um, the other piece of that was that we also got some stories immediately after, which is kind of what happened with Mike Simmers. So, um, you know, I would ask you, like, what are, what's Quasey and Kevin O'Connell doing getting rid of, you know, one of, I believe, actually longest standing or longest tenured employee outside of Dennis Ryan, the equipment manager. Um, I would say, what are they doing? But then you got Fadio Denigbo commenting Mm -hmm. i think it was jeff jeff bidet the former wide receiver who's been with the team uh jaleel johnson pretty much anyone that has been disgruntled at any different point within with the minnesota vikings organization has something to say about eric sugarman
0: that's the and the piece and and that's i mean the the only thing i want to reiterate is that there's a lot to this that we don't know as fans Uh, a lot of information a lot of um relationship um, things that we don't know. And so, I mean, I want to say, and I kind of, I'm still inclined to say that this is just, um, O'Connell and Kweeci trying to bring in a new, uh, kind of bring in their guy and, and kind of, you know, sweep everything out that needs to be swept out, um, from coaching to medical staff to, you know, whatever it might be, uh, to the players. And I kind of want to say that that's what this is. Um, you know, I, again, we can't really speak to and analyze the stories that the players are saying, because I I feel like there's going to be that with anyone, you know, somebody loses yeah. their job. Um, And let's just be honest, like in, in any relationship that you have, nobody is going to like you for 100% of everything about you. That's just yeah. the way it is. And so, especially in a working relationship, when a lot of times you're just kind of forced to work with this person based on your profession, you're not necessarily friends with that person. That's how Um, that's how coaching to player relationships are formed, you know, in the NFL. Um, now some of them do become friends. I'm not saying you can't, but it's more than likely going to be something where you work for the, you play for this coach. You like some of the things he does. You don't like some of the things he does. And when things go wrong, players can air that out about the coach. And that's exactly what's happening here with trainer Eric Sugarman. So, um, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, it's, it's Sugarman was awesome for the Vikings for a long, long time, um, I think he should be proud of what he did for the, for the team. I mean, mean, being a head trainer for a team that long is, is super impressive. So, um, I'm not reading too much into the comments. I think it's just players. Um, you know, and if, if, if it's, if he was forcing guys back sooner than later or what have you, I think that's one thing, but ultimately we should probably also note that he is, you know, a doctor, he's trained in this and he also understands the severity of these issues too. So it's not like we should be totally writing off his side of this either.
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is that these guys who kind of get, you know, smacked as soon as they leave the team, they generally don't say anything. Like, we haven't gotten Eric Sugarman coming up and being like, well, hey, I don't know what the hell these guys are talking about yet. There's no that side of the story. That's an that's important side of the story, given that um, he's been doing this for 16 years. And I basically, to my knowledge at least, I don't remember a single time that someone had something negative to say about Eric Sugarman specifically. Mike Zimmer, I get it. Hey, the guy was gruff. He was angry a lot of the time, a little bit blunt, sometimes rude. It makes a little bit more sense that people would. I mean, it's just this is just
0: what happens when things go wrong. Like, I mean meg zimmer was awesome you know by all accounts he was great and awesome to play right. for for the first three four years of like his to tenure. go
1: 16 years without literally a peep right like right. social media has existed since what like like in in like serious social media has existed for basically the entire tenure of eric sugarman's career and we haven't heard a single thing slip out about him and then the day he gets fired all of a sudden you've got three at least three players who are um Backup caliber players, right? The, I mean, I, I didn't hear anything from Daniel Hunter, who, by the way, I believe has the, you know, ba- maybe the biggest injury gripe outside of Sharif Floyd. Sharif Floyd I also did didn't hear anything. I don't from think Cherie that was
0: sugar, that wasn't Sugarman though. I don't think. No, I mean, that was the surgeon I, or whatever. I think. I mean, that's and someone could correct me on that. But
1: but you, if you think of the the kind of the most problematic injury situations the Vikings have had just over the last five right. ten years. Sugarman's never been mentioned. It's always been very positive. So this was, you know, I thought that it was kind of in and of itself. It was crazy to see that he's not going to be with the team, but I'm with you that. I think that ultimately it's one of those situations where you look at the hire. Now, Tyler Williams officially locked Mm -hmm. in. Where did he come from? Oh, was he with the Rams? Yeah. He was the assistant head trainer for the Rams last season. He was actually assistant of the year in 2021. Uh, So it makes a whole lot more sense for that to be the result, of, right, and the reason for this,
0: and we should note too that the Rams' injury luck has been like kind of, I mean, it's it's unfathomable almost <laughs> like the last couple of years, like that how very little injuries the Rams have had to deal with, uh, right. even when they've been assembling this like super team type roster. Um, I mean, and again, neither of us are doctors, neither of us really know if there's a strategy or a best practice for. Uh, keeping your players healthy, but it's worth bringing in this guy if you feel like you know sweeping out and cleaning house is necessary. It's worth bringing in the guy that has kind of been a key cog of the healthiest roster in the league. So I'm not going to complain about this hire um, or anything like that. And it seems like it's O'Connell bringing in the guy who he thinks will keep his team the healthiest. I mean, there's that's a pretty easy thing to get behind for me.
1: It's also a different show now, right? Like the style of coaching, the style of general management—it's just going to be straight up different right now. And while I'm, while well, I like to believe that what Eric Sugarman has been doing probably travels pretty well, like I, I imagine there are plenty of teams that are interested in his services, even just immediately after this, you know, after he moves on from the Vikings organization. Uh, I think it like it's very important to note, like what you were saying, with the injury luck being a situation where it seems like the Rams literally quote made their own luck, right? Like they have their mm-hmm. own f- style for sports science and their own s- kind of package for sports healthcare. And the way the approach that they are going to take has always been kind of its own unique thing here. And this is from Ben Baldwin, where when you're ranking games lost from a team by a team for, in terms of health, the Rams since 2017, 2017 they were number one, 2018 number four, 2019 number ten, and 2020 when they won the super or not when they won the Super Bowl excuse me number two. I mean they've basically been the healthiest team in football, and it's easy to be like when in when with one season it's easy to say oh that team just got lucky no one tore their ACL or you know whatever happened. But this is like a long string. This is, it doesn't seem like luck anymore. And if it becomes a situation where you can quote, make your own luck. And we're talking about the health of players, which is, I mean, basically the most important thing, right? Like if you can keep all of your best players healthy, hell, if you can keep the you know 90% of the roster healthy, it's going to give you the best opportunity Mm -hmm. to compete regardless. Like you're going to be more competitive than a lot of teams that are in theory have better roster construction simply because you're healthier. Like it's it's the yeah. number I mean that's
0: that's one way I think the Vikings could potentially be competitive this year is they have the best injury luck in the NFL. Then they might have something, you know. I mean, that's one of those things that is usually an outlier. Um, I think yeah. when you talk grand scheme around the league, but the Rams, it's becoming a trend if it's not already a trend, or you know, with that team. So, you know, not that it can it will automatically carry over to the Vikings, uh, but there's something there that um uh, it's easy to see why O'Connell and Quaysey wanted to get this guy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's and to be honest with you, it'll be interesting to see too, because I believe that Tyler Tyler Williams is actually working in this capacity for the first time in his career as well. So we've got a lot of firsts uh, mm-hmm. across this organization, and it's not to say that you know he isn't capable by any means, but just hasn't done it before. And this is you know this really just is a another piece to kind of a fully like a fully new shape. Uh, to this organization and the style of play, um, that they're going to try to employ for this entire team. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it starts with the players, of course, it always does, but um, every little facet of this team, whether it's the roster construction with Quasey, whether it's the coaching style with Kevin O'Connell, whether it's the injury, you know, and how you're going to do recovery and things like that um, with Tyler Williams now. Everything is going to be different. Everything is going to be 2022 optimized. Um, it's a truly a new regime in every facet. And that's, you know, that just essentially, um, you know, it's confirmed for the, from the health side here today with Tyler Williams being the higher mm-hmm. position previously held by Eric Sugarman. So uh, I don't think there's anything, a whole lot more to say about that. You know, I guess we'll, we'll see if, you know, if there's more information that comes out or whatever, but I, I'm, I'm largely with you that um, some of these claims are just maybe like, yeah, the guy didn't like him. And if you've got a 53 man roster, a 10 person practice squad, you know, another 20 guy, 20, 30 guys that are with you on the off season is a really good chance. Someone's not going to like your style. That's just kind of how it is. And I don't think I heard anything about them saying like, Oh, you know, Sugarman was having me play on a broken leg when I couldn't play. Like most of the time it was, it seemed like it was just kind of a personal preference deal, which, yeah. Okay. Maybe it's a little bit older school. Maybe this is better for the players in the building right now. We'll see. But until that, um, interesting. Interesting nonetheless. I'd never heard a bad word said about the guy, and all of a sudden we got like three or four stories. So um, I'm sure we'll get more out of that. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly what happened Mike Zimmer. But um, until then, I don't think we have anything more to talk about with that. Unless you got no. anything else? No. All right. Um, all right, let's get into Kirk Cousins here. Um, I know we swore that we were trying not to make – every show be about kirk cousins but it feels like at this point a lot of what the off it's just you you have
0: to go over it with the the moves that have happened in the last i guess it's been what 48 hours now or 72 hours now yeah you you have to reiterate and kind of now you have a more of a perspective on what kirk cousins trade value could be um
1: and the fans do too and that's an important thing
0: well yeah yeah everybody does now i mean you see what Russell Wilson fielded, you see what Carson Wentz fielded and you feel like Kirk is somewhere in between there. So you kind of have a good idea of, of what it would be. And so, and the Rodgers thing is, and we don't have to touch on that too much. Rodgers coming back to the Packers, not a big surprise. Um, there was maybe some hope that he would leave the NFC North. Um, but ultimately it just confirms the Packers are going to be huge favorites to win the division next year year after that, basically until he's done. Right. right. Um, no surprise there. Um, But the, the Russell Wilson trade and the Carson Wentz trade, I think is more pertaining, or I guess is more relevant to the Vikings and to Kirk Cousins in this discussion, because clearly there's, to me, it just shows that there are teams out there that a do not like this draft class and simultaneously b need a quarterback. And there's several of them out there that are in that boat that need a quarterback and are willing to pay for that quarterback Um, And even go to lengths of trading, you know, multiple day two picks to get Carson Wentz, uh, which is what Washington did. Or you can go the Russell Wilson route, who is clearly one of the borderline elite, if not already elite quarterbacks and take, you know, first round pick another first round pick a couple of, um, you know, star players. uh, I would consider Noah Fant a borderline star player, you know, things like that. Shelby Harris
1: definitely is. Yeah.
0: And so send them in the train as well. Uh, but you have to imagine, and now you can, we can talk about this a little bit now too, but like you have to imagine Kirk is somewhere in between there, which to me, I mean, I, it seems like a first round pick is a very viable ask uh, to get in return for Kirk cousins, somewhere between two thirds and whatever Russ fielded, which is a lot of assets. So right. you, you got it. You, you, I, I imagine they're fielding calls or fielding interest and that has to be that has to be in the discussion right now is a first round pick. I mean, I ha, like I'm saying right now I that has to be something that Quincy is hearing from teams.
1: So, a couple things, first and foremost, I mean we could talk about the compensation argument and what, you know, Kirk Cousins is probably worth given the market right now. But literally with every passing day and every one of these moves that is made, his value is going up. And I think that's an important factor in mm-hmm. all of this is that, you know, we may have been you know made it like we've made maybe made jokes in the past or maybe discussed in the past that, like, you know, why would anyone want to pay for Kirk Cousins? But there's a couple of reasons here. First and foremost, he's the same age as Russell Wilson, he's 33. So if Russell Wilson's trade value is that, and I'm not saying Kirk is better than Russell Wilson, I do not believe that, but he's a comparable player relative to the stats and performance. It's also op- been healthier he overall
0: in his career i mean
1: yes another I mean, very Russell's been healthy season. but he had
0: the thumb thing this year i mean it's kirk has been a superbly you know reliant player in terms of health
1: his future is a lot more it's a lot easier to project in the sense that you can be like okay i can expect this guy to be on the field for 17 games because that's basically what he's done for his entire career whereas russell wilson has the thumb issue i mean that's not like it's it's yeah it's, it's resolved but like once you start getting beaten up as a quarterback, that's kind of the beginning of the end. I don't want, I think Russell Wilson's got five eh, five ish plus more good years of football left. Um, but Kirk Cousins doesn't have that kind of like, Oh, that major red flag that goes off the second that the quarterback gets the first key injury in their career. Um, another thing with Kirk Cousins is that he has flexibility, right? I mean, I know that the, the cap hit is massive and everyone's pissed off about that. And the, within, you know, Vikings fans, uh, but if, as you continue to watch these quarterback contracts develop, that deal is going to start to look better until he signs a new one, um, and he's not signing a new one until I believe, at the very least, uh, two in like in two years from now. So that gives the that gives whichever team were to in theory receive Kirk Cousins flexibility to operate as they see fit, whereas with Russell Wilson. Denver had to just take on what they had to take on. And I think Carson Wentz is really a better example of this, where Washington's eating $28 million that I bet they would not have paid Carson Wentz.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's.
1: And that's going to, in the, theory, also drop the compensation value as well, which is why Carson Wentz is well, literally and, two mid round picks. And also because he's not that great. Well, but, and and you know.
0: the, the idea too, there's also the possibility of the extend and trade move where you kind of talk with a team and you basically sign Kirk to that extension and immediately trade it. I mean, that's, that's something that's out there too. So, and I I was seeing some discussion on, you know, our favorite, one of our favorite personalities on Twitter is is Nick Olson, uh, part of the climbing the pocket crew. And he was saying, you know, the last thing you want to do is let him play out the contract. He's got the one year left next year on the $45 million cap hit, and then can basically hit free agency as of right now. Um, And, you know, sure. But, I'm, I'm kind of now I I know where I, I stand. I made this, we made this clear last show. I'm not about extending him. I think extending him is the worst of the scenarios, no matter what kind of cap relief you could create for yourself this year, next year, whatever. Um, I think ultimately sticking with this guy is just asking for more of what has been the same the last few years, which is borderline playoff team, not really accomplishing anything, not being actually competitive, being kind of fake competitive. Uh, maybe a couple fluke wins in the season make you believe, but really you're not that great. And so that's why I am I am urging the front office to you know seriously consider these trades offers that have to be coming in. So it's either one of two scenarios, right? It's either A that there is some serious activity, serious interest that Quisi is fielding these offers, you know, throughout the day because of how active the QB market apparently is right, right now. Right. And teams like the Panthers, teams like the Steelers, teams like the Colts now have to be you know, garnering and, and really trying to get a quarterback. Um, So you would imagine they would have some interest in Kirk as potentially the best one available despite the cap hit, right. Or B the rest of the NFL is out on Kirk completely. They're out on Kirk. They have no interest and his cap is too high. He's not worth the contract. They've seen enough from him, blah, blah, blah. One of those two scenarios has to be true. Right. Right. And either one of them, uh, if the Vikings don't take advantage of scenario a, it's going to piss me off because in scenario A, all these teams are are and trying to get Kirk Cousins. They're offering a lot, offering a ton of compensation for you know what we believe is a quarterback that won't work here. So cut your losses, take the assets you can get, and move on. Or B, you've already lost in that scenario where the the, the league understands that Kirk is just a guy and right. he's getting paid way Not too much. So. Either scenario pisses me off. There's one way out, and that is to take that trade. And I think there's a real opportunity there. That's kind of my where I stand right now. It's a, kind of a rant, kind of a explain the scenario, see where I'm coming from. But I, I, I can't imagine, man. You know, O'Connell, and Casey coming in fresh, starting their careers as head coaches and GMS, right. and not wanting to a bring in their own guy and b right. trying to trust all of that in a guy like Kirk who hasn't really proven a whole lot as a starter in this league. Like we mentioned a billion times, his career record is 500 has the one playoff win in 10 years. Okay. I can't imagine that they would, you know, go for the extension and basically tie their success, their reputation in this NFL uh, to him uh, in their first three years and potentially only three years as a head coach or a GM.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot to, there's a definitely a lot to look over there. And here's the other thing though, too, is that when is there ever going to be a better time? That's my question. There's when not there ever, honestly. So here's the deal
0: at, either because Kirk's performance this year, if he does play out his deal, that's going to dictate his value. His value will be dictated and he will not have the market to kind of leverage. Right. Right now, the market, you can leverage that a little bit into getting more assets back. Uh, Kirk is more valuable now than he was a week ago because of what right. Wentz has got about, and from what Wilson's got. So there's not going to be a better time, especially with the draft class next year is probably going to be a little better, right? Teams are going to be more willing to invest in draft picks, you would assume. There's not, a better, there's not a better time. There's not a better time. There's really not.
1: I mean, you look at... <clears throat> So you look at what's what has already developed and what it means for the Vikings specifically. Obviously Aaron Rodgers returning to the Packers means a lot more just from a standpoint of what's going to happen to the Vikings over the next couple of years in terms of being competitive, right? Uh, there's an actual point to be made there that Rogers going back to green Bay is the perfect reason to be like, all right, let's hit the button and rebuild. Like, why wouldn't you do that right, right. now? Because he's going to run the division basically barring something crazy happening here. This team with does without not have, Kirk. right with or without Kirk. That's a good, exactly. So him going back to green Bay. Now, if he had left green Bay, then maybe I understand keeping Kirk cousins around because sure. all of a sudden you are the front runner to win the division, but he's not leaving green Bay. So that's point. Number one, the point number two with Rogers is that by Rogers returning to green Bay, and it sounds like he's going to be signing a, a deal somewhere between two and four years, uh, you take another quarterback off the market that at the very least Denver was hunting for. You saw other teams kind of sniffing around. We know there are other teams that want a veteran quarterback, right? But you take Rogers off the market and keep him in one place, as opposed to eliminating a different organization from the field, you narrow it down once again. Then Wentz goes to the Washington commanders, which I, I'm going to screw that up so many times this year. I, it feels so wrong to say commanders, but anyways, Wentz goes to the commanders that opens up. The Colts all of a sudden we thought thought was going to open up, but it is definitively a major hole unless Sam Ellinger is going to start all of a sudden, which I don't, I don't foresee that happening. So Wentz goes to the commanders. And like you were saying before, it probably says a whole lot that Washington's got a high draft pick and they are, they went and got Wentz with their, what, two mid round picks this year and two mid round picks next year. They don't trust this draft class enough to go get a guy that they're just going to take Wentz. Which is
0: mm-hmm.
1: interesting. I, again, he's tall, whatever. Taylor
0: Heineke, as we discussed.
1: Yeah, this is not a it's not, is not actually a Washington... changing your team. Their odds yeah, to it's... win the Super
0: Bowl did not change, or it may even got worse. <laughs> so it's yeah. like
1: this is not a Commanders podcast. We won't get into the d- depths of that, but that seems like a questionable move. But they did it, so that eliminates the Commanders now. So all of a sudden, you now have Jimmy Garoppolo on the market, and Kirk Cousins has not. Theoretically been made available. Like no one's came out and yeah, said yeah. Kirk Cousins is being marketed by the Vikings or the Vikings are fielding calls on him or whatever stupid tweet that Schefter would send out in the event that the Vikings wanted to, you know, leak that to him. That hasn't happened, but Garoppolo is definitively the only guy right now on the market for at least three teams jockeying for a quarterback that we know of, right? Carolina has made it known that they're sick of Sam Darnold and they're trying to resolve that situation. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Mike Tomlin made it very very clear that he does not want to start over at this stage in his career which is a little weird because he's actually still very young but that's neither here nor there but he doesn't want to start over with the with a rookie quarterback at this point so he's looking for a veteran specifically which means that it's got to be Kirk or Jimmy and then you got Indy who we just said just opened up as a result of trading Carson Wentz Uh, They're probably going to draft when I imagine that will be the case and do a kind of a draft and develop thing after having, you know, basically journey been every single season over the last five years outside of Andrew Luck. So then you've got that as well. And that just, I mean, what about Seattle too? Like Seattle's got all this draft compensation. They've got no Russell Wilson. I know the Vikings don't necessarily have the same ties that they did when Rick Spielman was in house to John Schneider in that organization, but Seattle might be interested in doing something. I think, uh, I think it was miles Gorman, our team at climbing the pocket, made an important note that Pete Carroll's not getting any younger. I mean, what is he going to sit around and wait for a quarterback to develop for four more years? so We can go on another super bowl run. He's not going to be here. He's he's getting old. Like, I don't know if he can coach that much longer. That's
0: what at
1: least four teams. maybe more. It's like the the market
0: is building itself perfectly for the Vikings to maximize the return for Kirk Cousins.
1: It's what I said. It's what I said last week. Like the Vikings, don't do anything stupid. Wait for someone else to get desperate. And hell, you might have three teams at the minimum right now in Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and Carolina who are bleeding, sweating, whatever other bodily fluid you want to say, desperation right now. Because everyone's afraid of this quarterback class, apparently. No one trusts that there's more than one elite franchise-altering savior here. And even if there is one, I don't think he's going in the top five, which says something in and of itself. The free agency market at the position also sucks ass. And the upcoming class, I don't see any Andrew Luck. I don't see any Trevor Lawrence. There's no one that's been hyped up as the next savior of a franchise. There's no one that you're going to tumble your entire franchise to draft at this point in time. Things can change, I'm sure, but I haven't heard about anyone. So basically, you've got two full calendar years of quarterbacks that are ass, according to scouts across the NFL. And that gives you a ton of leverage to get the maximum amount of compensation mm-hmm. right now. Last week, I said, let's chill. Well, chilling is over. You're done chilling, Minnesota Vikings. Start fielding offers. Figure out what's out there. If there's nothing, like if Drew is right with his point B, that the league is out on Kirk Cousins and no one wants to give premium value at the position, and like, let's say they're only getting second-round pick offers. Okay, stand pat with Kirk Cousins. See if you can get something before his contract expires. See if someone gets desperate in August. But right now is the time because everyone is, like, everyone is getting more and more desperate. And that probably is only going to swell as we get into about June at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's a crazy situation. And this is what I asked for, right? This is exactly what I said last week. Do your best to make someone else be desperate and every single day the other teams get more and more desperate.
0: Right. And then the other point, just last point um, that I want to make, Um, you know, I know we're turning kind of turning into score North here by just constantly talking Kirk stuff. But um the Could point I wanted to make is the Colts strategy here. So a lot is being made right now about how they've had a different starting quarterback. I think like five years in a row now, or maybe this will be the sixth or something like that for their week one, Um, you know, from Luck to was it percent to rivers to mm-hmm. wentz? Yeah. Um, but I think it's as bad as that might sound that it might sound unstable or you know that they might not be building the winning formula. I think it is the winning formula, they're failing quickly. They're, I mean, they're failing quickly and changing gears, trying something new immediately. Um, because they understood right away with all of these guys not a Super Bowl quarterback, probably not a guy that's going to bring us deep into the playoffs. They understood that right away. Obviously rivers was retiring. So that's one thing. Um, but Carson Wentz, they tried it. They thought, Hey, maybe we can find that 2017 MVP Wentz in there. Clearly wasn't there. Um, you know, obviously with Brissett, that was one thing luck retired. So they're quickly turning that around, getting what they can for Wentz knowing after one year that not going to happen.
1: Chris Ballard, and they made that clear of-
0: early on too yeah. that that's what they were doing, and so that's why I I think you know I I think Kirk is much better than Wentz, and I think he's more capable of Definitely. of carrying a team than Wentz is. I, I I'm not trying to group them together like in a small pod, but I think in a larger pod of quarterbacks, they they're together in that they're not gonna they're not quarterbacks that will carry a team to a conference championship or a Super Bowl, but they're very they can make plays and they can at times give you that winning play. Um, It's just not consistent. And so I think the Vikings need to recognize that and mimic the Colts say, look, it's not going to happen with this guy. Sorry, we're going to take what we can get for him and move on. That's the Colts been doing now every year, basically for the last five, six years. That's what I urge the Vikings to do. And that's kind of what I can end on.
1: I think it's funny because, you know, there's really two buckets. And you, I like, I like the way that you describe it generally um, when you're just being like, okay, well, if you're going to trade for Carson Wentz, okay, but you're just getting another guy. That's what right. it is. Are, are you the guy or are you a guy, right? Are you Taylor Heineke where it's like, all right, you're a guy. Are you Carson Wentz? Are you a guy? Like those guys, <laughs> those guys are all the same. They're not Super Bowl challenge champion caliber yeah. quarterbacks, at least at this stage in their career. Whereas there are the guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, whatever, name your quarterback. That's different. Like there really is just two buckets. Like, do you believe the guy can do it or can he not? And so in that sense, Kirk Cousins is in that latter half. And while he may have different type, it may have a different value based off of perception of other organizations, like if I'm the Vikings, I am not trading Kirk Cousins if you're only getting Carson Wentz compensation right now. If you're getting some middle ground where it might be like a first-round pick this year, like maybe a mid – let's. Th- I, I like the Steelers pick as, as a great example. The Steelers are picking number 20, I believe. To me, that is the type of compensation you want to get. Let's get the Steelers' dr- level of draft picks, like a back-end first-round pick, maybe a third-round pick, maybe a quarterback to replace them, and then maybe – something like a special teams player or someone that's going to bring you value in terms of a position player for Kirk Cousins. That to me is the middle ground between Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz. And if you're able to get that while also shedding some level of the money from the salary cap, I'd, I'd highly, highly doubt the Vikings could just be like, Oh yeah, you just take them. You take them, whatever. I'm going to give you all these draft picks mm-hmm. and we're just going to take all that money from you. I don't think that's going to happen, but to me, that's what it is. If you can get a first-round pick, whether it's somewhere between—I mean, hell—if you can get the Panthers, great. If you can get number six overall somehow, awesome. Do that trade for sure. But I just don't think that's super realistic. Whereas I think that you can get like the Steelers' first-round yeah. pick and a mid-round pick, something like that, based off of what I have seen develop so far. So my, I guess my final question, as we wrap this thing up here for this week, is what did, like what is like the bare like what is the bare minimum like what what is the phone call you, if you're Kwesi, what is the phone call you need to get from an organization to be like, I got to do this? Like, I have to make this decision for the team, even though we said we're going to keep them, even uh, though we got this going on. What do you need? To, what what needs to happen? Is it just a first round pick at this point? A
0: a first round pick. If it's 32, count it. A first round pick. Good <laughs> enough. I mean, I'm serious because I think that's substantially more than, than what the Washington got for Wentz or what Indianapolis got for Wentz on the pick uh, value chart. I think would that shows. Sure. And I think it's, I think that's kind of that middle ground of, of, um, and I think there'd be obviously more to it, but I think if you get that first round pick, you know, get that flexibility of the fifth year option and things like that. If you hit on the guy, um, uh, moving down the line, I think that's enough for me. It is. And I think that would be a win for me shows that's franchise moving up, moving on shows that the franchise wants to look into the future and knows that we're going to get what we can from this guy. Um, and and granted, obviously, I hope we see it. and maybe that's what, what is happening right now is he is building up a bidding war and there's going to be more than that offered. Uh, but basically, if I know I can get a first rounder for the guy, like I, if that's the conversations right now from whatever team, yeah, I know I'm pulling the trigger at some point. It's just going to be a matter of what team gives the best offer.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's an important point too. Is that like you do have leverage right now through? Basically mid-April, I would think. Um, you know, once the start of the league year start, like once the hit, once the start of the new league year hits, obviously there will be some compensation stuff that I don't fully understand because I'm not a cap guy, but um, I'm sure there is something in place with that. But basically, in terms of overall compensation leverage for a trade return, that's not going to change in the negative sense. It's only going it, to, in theory, will only improve at the very least until the draft hits you might Mm -hmm. lose Carolina when the draft hits and I doubt it, but you might lose um, the Pittsburgh Steelers as well when the draft hits as well. But at, at this point right now, there are at least three teams that need a quarterback and there's only two quarterbacks in the market. I can't think of anyone else. I mean, Deshaun Watson. Okay. I don't think that really counts because the grand jury is going to, I believe the grand jury is going to announce something. I think I saw on Friday. I doubt that's going to be good folks, That's kind of where I'm at with that one. So I'm taking him off the list. So it's basically is if you don't get Jimmy Garoppolo, you're going to try to force the Vikings to trade Kirk Cousins. If you're Indianapolis or Pittsburgh and you believe you have a contender quality defense, that just needs capable quarterback play. I don't think Carolina should be as in, as in attack mode as they have suggested that they are, but that's what the news says. That's what they say. They're they're going for it, and if they think Kirk Cousins can do it, the one thing I don't think makes sense for the Vikings specifically is that Carolina has been looking to offload Christian McCaffrey. It sounds like, whereas the Vikings have their own problem oh, yeah. with the running back contract, don't so they may not be the sure. optimal <laughs> trade partner. I think if it would make a lot more sense for like Jimmy Garoppolo to go to Carolina, where you could move McCaffrey out to Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan see what the hell they those two could do. Whereas then it would be Indianapolis and Pittsburgh fighting over Kirk cousins. And both of those organizations are looking for a veteran specifically. The bidding war could get intense. So to me, the last shoe that needs to drop is Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to end up in Pittsburgh. That's what the kind of what it's been like basically since, you know, the start uh, that he's probably going to end up in Pittsburgh. Indianapolis all of a sudden enters that race by trading away Carson once when they did, So I think those two are jockeying between Jimmy Garoppolo and look for the loser to be involved in Kirk cousins. And if I'm Quasi, like, yes, I am playing the hell out of this market right now. And yes, I'm going to be active and seeing what I can get right now, but I wouldn't chill. Like I said, I'm not, this isn't a time to chill with the market changing as much as it is, but you can watch and see because there's at least two teams that need a quarterback and there's two quarterbacks Mm -hmm. available.
0: Yeah. I like that. I, I'm not a what math
1: guy, but those numbers add up. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, what's well, some kind there's... of basic fifth grade problem solving there?
1: So. <laughs> yeah, it's just I mean, it's just a standard deduction right there. So uh, is there anything that we did not touch on, whether it's with Kirk Cousins, Sugarman, anything else across the, the uh, sort of Vikings? Whatever. I, I think
0: we can. The last thing I'll say is we can continue to make fun of the Packers for the Jordan Love drop pick. And I, I will continue to do that <laughs> because so you, thank God the Packers traded up to get jordan Love. i mean where where would they be without him
1: what are they going to do with him by the way which is another important question like is
0: maybe he's in the market maybe he's i was option. just gonna say that's maybe just... he's in
1: there too but who wants him based off of the one game we saw him play it wasn't a good one so. i feel like it, i feel like that might be a dud as well um uh, all right well that's uh I mean, that's it for, this bad show. for the
0: guy that's that's a tough situation i mean your your, your career is kind of smushed before you even get the chance to Show anybody anything.
1: He played one game. It did not go super well. Aaron Rodgers is kind of doing the Brett Favre thing where he kind of, "Eh, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out.
0: But he's leveraging it a little better. so And who wouldn't
1: want Aaron Rodgers?
0: 200 mil? Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't even want that, by the way. It's basically what Aaron Rodgers said about that $200 million contract that was announced. He was just like, "Ah, that's not true. I don't want that money. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, that's the end of this show. Uh, Hopefully, this is the last time we're focusing on Kirk Cousins, but I don't know, man. Like this is, this is kind of what it is. Like until that shoe drops, I don't know what, what else there really is to talk about. Like this is going to be one of the biggest moves that Kwasi and Kevin O'Connell are going to make um, throughout their entire tenure. And unfortunately it has to probably be the first decision. So we'll see how that develops. We'll keep an eye on that. And we we'll, we may be talking about it next week or we may be talking about something else, but in the interim, make sure to keep in mind that Lake Monster Brewing is going to be the place, the site, if you will, where the Climbing the Pocket team will be hosting their live draft event. That's on Friday, April 2022, the 29th from 5.30 to 10 p.m. That's Lake Monster Brewing in partnership with Climbing the Pocket and Daily Norseman. Make sure to check them out. And, hey, if you don't need to, like, don't need to wait around to go get your Lake Monster Brewing brewski, uh, feel free to head on over there now if you like. Tell them that, uh, climbing the pocket team sent you there. I'm sure that'll be helpful for you, us, them, everyone likes that, right? That's the, that's the whole point of having a sponsor. So Lake monster brewing draft show on April 29th. Keep that in mind. But with all that said, um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, Spotify, wherever else you find or listen to your podcast, make sure to check out the daily Norseman for all your written content on the internet. Um, you can find us on youtube if you prefer to watch us i mean we're not really doing anything special and i'm not going to put any special effects to the video because i don't know how to do that so uh, nice. that option is available but yeah that's where we're at on that so um thank you guys as always for listening we really appreciate it and uh we hope that you'll stick with us uh, as we ramp up into draft season here um with the turn of the calendar happening in march and um yeah we'll talk to you guys soon thanks for listening